The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. With Angarda Shikona in the grips of an unprecedented staffing crisis, what factors have brought the force to this point and what areas need to be addressed to get our police service to where it needs to be? Well, for some insight into this, I'm joined now by former Garda Inspector and Risk Security and Event Manager at Ash Tree Risk Group, Tony Geller. Tony, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. Thank you for the welcome. Uh, you're out of it now, so you can look at it with maybe perhaps a more dispassionate eye. Yes, well, for a start, I can talk more freely, which I wouldn't have been able to do inside the job. But the first point I would make is, I mean, it's still an attractive career if, if the structures are put in place to give confidence to the young Gardaí. So what you have is that when they come out from the, the uh, Garda College, the structures in the station are not there to support them because the filling of posts when... Uh, like the domestic violence unit or the, the recently formed Dublin Task Force, which is in plain clothes, incidentally, you would have thought it would have been in uniform to give the public confidence. There's no experienced members on the regular units to guide these young people, to mentor them. So they're coming out and they're making extraordinary decisions. They're vulnerable and then in a more challenging environment. Mm. Now, you maintain that the role of the sergeant, the experienced sergeant, should be utilised in kind of bringing young guards on. Absolutely, Pat, yeah. And unfortunately, uh, they have been handpicked for these uh, specialist units. And it's a huge deficit of learning that the young people could have gained because obviously when they've been promoted, they bring a lot to their careers, careers that they can mentor the young guards, and when that goes, and it is going, continues uh, up until this point, um, it's a huge deficit loss to but them. Are they taking kind of callow guards straight out of Templemore or very shortly out of Templemore and putting them into these special units before they've done the groundwork? Well, I, I, with a sergeant in particular, Pat, they're only getting uh, into the station as a section sergeant, as they call them, getting to know the young team, and then all of a sudden there's a recognition of a skill that they had in a previous section and they're called back into it. And that's the problem in terms of mentoring these young people and being out there to support them in vitriolic situations there where you see the abuse on the front line there at protests. Mm-hmm. The big incident up in Valley Fermat, for example, where a young guard was called a midget, all this kind of thing. And the guardie are weighing up the decisions. If I act... What if I act? What are the consequences for me, my career, for disciplinary processes? Yes. I know that uh, one of the arguments for body cams is at least there will be an automatically recorded uh, objective account of what happened, unedited, if you like. Yeah. Uh, whereas you feel very strongly about people who post stuff on uh, online from their phones yeah. that it may not be the complete picture. I mean, their own abuse of the Garda may be omitted, shall we say. Yeah, it's a selected episode that they post up, Pat. And I think with the body cams, it will be a great tool to the Gardaí because I'm going to anticipate that the courts will be appalled when they see the level of abuse that the, the, uh, the guards are facing. And the public order uh, legislation, I mean, it's nearly 30 years old. That type of legislation needs to be reviewed frequently, almost every year. There's no specific power of arrest for abuse of conduct towards a guard. Yeah. I remember seeing Prime Time did a, a program where they showed uh, gougers on the streets abusing the guard. The I think it was at College Green, and the CCTV uh, pictures picked it up. And what the Gardaí had to put up with, I mean, yeah. had it been me, they would have been bundled into the paddy wagon and taken to the station. Yeah. This didn't happen. The Gardaí actually just took the abuse. 
Yeah, I spoke to a young guard last week and a member of the public came over in such a situation and he said to the young guard, has it come to this? Has it come to this that the Gardaí are risk averse to react? And uh, But not alone that, I mean, people in retail sector, I mean, I'm back in the Dublin city now in my role as Ashley Risk Group and uh, the retail staff are facing that type of abuse as well. 70% of staff in a recent survey done in a supermarket chain where people are experiencing harassment, racist comments. Um, so Ash3 are trying to help in that regard. And I'm back in the city trying to support people. And I have a great relationship with the guards, whom I have a lot of respect for and continue to do so. And they respected me. So I, I, I do I still have audience amongst them, Pat. Now, uh, you made the point about um, judges, the interpretation of uh, of the laws in terms of breach of the peace and so on by judges, that uh, people who are eventually before a judge, they kind of reckon they won't actually get punished anyway. Yeah, there's a piece there that talks about another and it doesn't specifically mention a Garda or indeed a public official. We saw politicians recently where there was excrement thrown at them and that type of thing. The law is not adequate there to deal with that type of incident of um, offence. And so it needs to be wider. I mean, the legislation is 28 years old. It's for it's ridiculous. Um, it does. It was very good at its time when Nora Owen, I think, brought it in. It was really good legislation, but um, it needs to be revised. What has happened to public behaviour then that uh, suggests that these kinds of legislation uh, should be reviewed every year? I mean, is yeah. the, the deterioration that rapid that every single year it gets worse? Well, I think... Um, Cocaine is fueling the aggression, crack cocaine in the city, um, the panhandling outside stores. There's an undertone to that because they might seem passive in their endeavour and what they're trying to do and get a yield from people who are kind enough to give them what they would be better off buying them a lunch roll. Um, but they don't want the lunch roll. They want, they don't money. want the money. They want the money for drugs, Pat. Um, there is a crime uh, or a misdemeanor, whatever it might be, of aggressive begging. Yes. Um, but uh, you're saying that there can be intimidation without overt aggression. Yeah, it's a difficult one to prove. And they know the law themselves. They uh, know the parameters that that's under. And as soon as the guard around the corner, they're back in. But these people, the, the, the people who are engaged in the panhandling, they're going back into the store and staff are afraid of them. And they're helping themselves with stock shoplifting. How do you handle that? I mean, you know, famously Rudy Giuliani, if he did anything well, he cleaned up New York City. I remember Times Square before the cleanup and I remember it after the cleanup. Before the cleanup was full of peep shows and it was a seedy enough place. After the cleanup, it was a place where families could go in great safety. Um, How do you do that? Because the argument is always if you take them out of the city centre, they'll move somewhere else and persecute other people. I read that book, Pat, the Bratton, the police commissioner Bratton, uh, when he took over the New York thing that time. And they started with the small offences, but rather than volume arrests, they concentrated on the quality of arrests, repeat offenders, hitting uh, trouble spots and concentrating their force on it. But the newly created uh, DMR task force, I'm a bit disappointed to hear that that's formed last month and it's in plain clothes. The public want high visibility to give the perception of public safety. And 
it doesn't bring that. And so that's a bit disappointing. And I think they need to review their strategy in terms of, of what to do. Uh, the Gardaí are, are off the street. They're reporting crime. It's t- With the systems that are in place, it's taken them a long time to do it on this dashboard system. There's such terms in the operation model called races and... Um, uh, different things there. I mean, you would think you're in an aquatic centre um, rather than a, a Garda station with the terminology that they're using. And people want Garda on the streets. It's boots mm. on the streets. Um, all this statistical information gathering, I mean, people might say that's very useful in terms mm. of deploying uh, police in appropriate areas or in deciding how many police we actually need. But you're saying it just takes up too much time. Well, I mean... The best source of the information, if they talk more with their frontline people and by the supervisors and leadership, the leadership part is very important that the leadership engaged with the frontline members as to see what the problem is. And they will tell them, they will tell them they don't need any statistical Mm -hmm. graphs to demonstrate that one area is a hotspot. They can readily get that information from the frontline people. Yeah. When you talk about panhandlers and aggressive beggars, as well as those who are uh, dealing drugs uh, very publicly in in the centre of our uh, cities, what kind of punishment is appropriate? You know, our jails are full. Um, You know, you don't want to jail someone for for begging, for heaven's sake, although they do jail people for shoplifting. What is the appropriate punishment? Well, How do you difficult. stop it? What's the deterrent? Yeah, it's difficult. Uh, it's certainly very difficult. And speaking of prisons, the prisons are getting full. St. Patrick's Institution was closed in 1997. Oberstown House for young offenders has only a capacity of 50 people. And the main surge in the crime is actually from juvenile crime, people cycling into stores and, and robbing uh, stock and intimidating uh, people. And it's difficult, difficult to know what... what For a judge, I mean, what does a judge do when this... And there'll be a solicitor there arguing the case, a free legal aid solicitor a lot of the time, arguing the case why this person should not be punished. Yeah, and I mean, they face into continuous remands, deciding how they deal with it. And what happens then is that the people are picking up warrants because they're failing to appear. So they get into a cycle and they're probably more punished for the more uh, serious offence of failing to appear in a court rather than the uh, activity that they were engaged in. Now, uh, this texter says, why are you not talking about the bigger crimes and the bigger criminals, not homeless people? They're always the easy target. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose I I speak from my um, view of being inside in the city centre for 20 years um, having a look at the situation and um, it's it, it's growing it's growing uh, we've seen the recent programmes there to talk about what's happened in O'Connell Street and it starts with the, mo- the small problems and if the customers are there for the cocaine dealers uh, that's where it starts and you have intensica- intensification of hostels in the city which are contributing to the crime but you're saying that these people who are flogging cocaine are, are not the big guys anyway they're the messengers uh, who will be you know, sent to prison or whatever punishment while the other guys who are controlling the business are unscathed. Yeah, well, I mean, um, the higher successes of more recent Garda detections are a specialised area, I suppose. Mm. But if you had more Garda on the streets, it's the preventative part that I would try to uh, emphasise to increase the public confidence. Yeah. Um, People will often comment, and as we have on this programme many times, that in other cities you feel a sense of intimidation by the presence of police. You know, a good sense of intimidation that you don't mess with them. Um, Often our guards on the beat are kind of friendly, friendly. You know, that's the the kind of friendly policing. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work with the gougers. 
No, um, it doesn't. And, and, and we're culturally different in a positive sense because we're an unarmed uh, force. But you're quite right. I mean, I've been in, all around to European cities. I've worked with some police forces and the gendarmerie and, and armed personnel. It does seem to be more intimidating. Whether it's having a, a more of an influence, I don't know, because you see the Paris riots, sure. for example. Um, it hasn't quelled that. So, um, But I think what you have to do is you have to have con- restore the confidence of the young guards, bring in t- tougher legislation, adequate legislation, and, um, and allow uh, the greater visibility of the guard on the street. And there are too many specialised units too many they're depleting we have a tin blue line for, for, for the amount of guards we have I mean yes. those specialised units are great in yes. dealing with the problems they're set up to deal with yes. but not enough people to actually it's at the cost of the them. front line Pat yeah. right. um, a final comment judges should have to go on patrol uh, one night with the guardie to see uh, what's going on um, that's the only way you'll bring about change in their courtrooms when they're exposed to uh, one night or one nightmare is what the text are actually said yeah, I, I suppose that the other argument will be is the unbiased view or the biased view uh, would be probably into consideration as well. But they need to see the reality. But the body cam will bring that, Pat. When the body cams are shown by the Gardaí, they will get a sense of what it's like on the street. Tony Gallagher, former Garda Inspector and now Risk Security and Event Manager at Ashtree Risk Group. Thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.